Sounds good. Cool. Well, dude, Blake, I appreciate you a ton for being here, dude. You're one of my biggest mentors I've ever had. Um, I've learned a ton from you. Um, and just, just being around you has changed my life. So I appreciate you. You're welcome, bro. This is exciting. I, uh, I'm grateful to be a part of it. So sure. I'm flattered. Yeah, dude. Well, I, I kind of want to just start off by talking about the story on how I met you. Uh, Coop Lindsay. I don't even remember this. Dude, I was out fishing in Alaska and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I get a call f or no, I set up a call with, with you from Coop Lindsay and, uh, I'm out, I'm Coop's out. the man. Yeah, dude, I'm out fishing and, uh, I actually end my set early just to take this call. I was like, dude, I'll take a call. Let's see what's going on here. This guy's probably scamming me here. And, uh, hopped on the call and instantly I realized, dude, like this guy's different than hmm. everyone I've talked to as far as how much self-development and how much you invest in yourself. And uh, I think I spent like an hour on the phone with you, just asking you questions. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm probably not gonna do this. And then I think, I think uh, just being around you and talking with you, I realized, dude, I need people this like, hmm. like this in my life. But I wanna ask you, like, as far as how big has it been for you um, for your self-development, like, I know you pride yourself a ton on just investing in yourself. Like, what has that done for you? It's done everything. I like to think that I, that there's no one out there that's investing in themselves more than myself. And it's not a competition, but it's something I am continually pursuing. I want to be the person that puts the most money, the most time and surrounds himself with the best people into myself because yeah. dude, I've gone to masterminds. I've had coaches. I've gone to events where I've learned one nugget that's absolutely changed my business, or I've met that one person that's absolutely changed my life, or I've met that one person who set a completely different bar and helped me think way bigger. Yeah. And uh, what's cool about it is I get to be in an organization where everything I learn, I get to then pass on. And so not only does the development benefit me, but anytime I can learn, anytime I can connect, anytime I can grow, I also get to take that into myself but then put it into my leaders, my mm -hmm. organization. And uh, I always want to over deliver from a value standpoint. And because I get to invest in myself, I feel like I'm always becoming the person that can over deliver from a value standpoint. Did you just learn that or did someone teach you that? Self-learned, man. Really? Yeah. How much do you think you've invested so far in yourself? I'd say in the last five years, I'm 25, so I've been home for my mission for five years. I've probably put half a million dollars worth of, of money into my self-development. Yeah, so let's say you got a you got a 18, 19-year-old kid who probably has like 20 grand saved up. Would you go buy a property? Would you go invest in yourself? What would you do? I'd live off 20% of it, invest 80% of it in myself. Cool. I think once you get to a point where you've invested in yourself enough to then go invest into assets i think that's a great time to start doing so but my first investment my second my third my fourth my fifth would be into myself into the six inches of real estate in between my ears cool and then as far as what you've accomplished at age 25 now um family you got a kid you got a wife you got uh, multiple properties in real estate you've made you made a million dollars at age of 24. You've impacted thousands of lives. Why, why are you doing all this? What's the point? Why not just go sit on the couch, Blake? 
I appreciate that. I love the game, man. I love the opportunity we have to to go out and impact and, and lead and inspire. My mission is to inspire sorry, my mission is to impact, lead and inspire through word and example. And I think the reason why that hits home to me so much is because I was once that 18-year-old, that 19-year-old, that 20-year-old that needed guidance, that needed a mentor, that needed someone to give them the how-to, that needed someone to point them in the right direction. And I had so many people in my life teach me, inspire me, lead me, impact me. And you're best set up to serve the person you once were. And I just love serving the person I once was and the person I am now. And that's that's why I do it, man. That's why I'm driven to continually do it. And it's just fulfilling. I that's was, awesome. When I was on my mission, I served two-year mission for my church. It was life-changing. It means everything to me. But in that two years, the biggest takeaway I got out of it was I want to serve for the rest of my life because that's when I'm happiest. That's when I'm most fulfilled. And a lot of people think like the pursuit of money or the pursuit of achievement or the the pursuit of clout is what's going to make them happy or having the thing. And I was able to learn at a young age before my career ever began that fulfillment is what brings me the most happiness. It's not the thing. It's not the achievement. It's not the money. It's the fulfillment that I get to pass it on to others and see people be impacted. Hmm. How do you think people find fulfillment like what they're doing? Like, cause for me, like, yeah, I'm chasing the money. I'm chasing the, yeah. the, uh, financial freedom right now. Like I'd say like, that's where most of my time is right now and also helping people. But like, sometimes I don't feel, feel fulfilled in things I'm doing. Do you always have to feel fulfilled? I think you need to chase significance and success without fulfillment is not success at all. Mm-hmm. And I think success with fulfillment is significance. And so there's prices to pay. Like you have to pay the price to get the reward. Not everyone just out of the gates is just providing value and serving and just delivering a ton of just value to people. They have to get there first. And sometimes there's a price to pay for that. They have to go through the trenches. They have to do things that they don't like to do or they don't necessarily want to do, but it's the jumping step to get to the other side and so i think there's a time period of that but once you begin to experience success i invite you to to make sure that you are feeling and pursuing fulfillment with how you're spending your time because once you get to a point of success you don't necessarily need to be in the trenches anymore or need to be doing things you don't want to do find something that's what you want to do Find something that you want to spend your time doing that excites you that you can also bring great success in. Cool. And that's significance. That's awesome. Cool. I guess my uh, next question for you, as far as like what you've accomplished so far, what kind of desire is that? Or like hitting on that part, like when I step on a basketball court, I know for a fact. I've seen you, dude. I'm willing to die to win. I know. I've seen it. I I don't mind it. it. What a, like... I'm assuming it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to become a millionaire at age 24. What did that really take? Yeah, so if we were to break this down a little bit, there's been five times in my life where I've desired something. 
And there's a distinction between want and desire. Everybody wants something. Very few people actually desire something. And if we were to break down the definition of desire, if I were to ask you what's the defini of definition of desire, what would you say? Something that you're willing to die for and sacrifice for. Boom. I love that, dude. And it goes along with this word called conversion. And conversion is like consecration. It's I'm all in. I'm completely bought in. My boats are burned. And the word conversion and the word desire are just so, they're synonyms to each other. They're so similar. And someone once told me that conversion was when you're willing to give your life for something. And I agree with that. And I agree with you, dude, that desire is when you truly want something bad enough that you will give your life for it. Napoleon Hill talks about desire and he says it's a two word definition. It's a consuming obsession. And so I've had these experiences in my life prior to this that I've had a consuming obsession, whether it was in football, whether it was on my mission, whether it was finding the right girl to marry, um, whether it was going out and selling my first summer. And I've never had a true consuming obsession not be realized. Mm -hmm. And so when you ask, what does it take to be a millionaire by 24? It took a consuming obsession. I was literally to a point when I was 20 years old, when I wrote it down and when I first thought it and I first wrote it and I first believed it and I first dreamt it, I knew that that was such an astronomical goal and such a unrealistic goal and such an anomaly that it would have to take astronomical and unrealistic action mm -hmm. to make happen. And when I wrote it down, I was willing to give my life for it. And for the next four years, the action I took was aligned with that desire. It took massive action to go get it. And I can honestly say, man, I spent nights on my knees just pleading with God and saying, show me the path, make me the person I need to be, teach me what I need to learn mm -hmm. so that I can be a millionaire by the age of 24. And it wasn't about the money. It was about the game mm -hmm. and it was about the idea of doing something that 99.9% .9 of people have never done. And it was about becoming that 0.1%. And that's what drove it. Hmm. And I think because I truly had a consuming obsession, it was able to be realized. How do you find desire though? Like there's so many people who are like, yeah, dude, I want to become a millionaire. But how do you get the feeling behind it, the emotion, like to actually desire it? Yeah. Everybody wants to win, dude. Yeah. Few desire it. You look at Kobe, you look at Michael, you look at these guys that have dominated at a very, very high level. Tiger Woods, Roger Federer, Serena Williams, Muhammad Ali. I think, sure, they had great talent, but I think the overall similarity that they all had is they truly had desire. And I don't necessarily know if desire can be created. I actually think it has to come within and, and it has to be watered. But I don't know if I can take someone that wants to be a millionaire and just wants it and help them become a millionaire. Mm -hmm. I can take someone that has a desire to become a millionaire and make them a millionaire a hundred percent guaranteed. How do you water it then? What like little things did you do to like water and come become a millionaire by age 24? Sacrifice. Yeah. 
every one of us have has this little fire and that that desire is that fire currently and we got to make it into a bonfire and the way you make you turn that fire into a bonfire is through sacrifice through action through execution during that time period i would i would spend five six hours a day just audiobook in my ears trying to consume as much content as possible i'd go audit classes i'd go network with people i'd be up till 12 o'clock studying waking up at 4 30 to go study again bettering myself putting myself in the best positions possible to get meet the right people the right opportunities learn the right things so that eventually it could have that goal realized and so when a lot of people were hanging out and a lot of people were like dude you got to relax Mm-hmm. You got to have fun. You got to let loose. I didn't. <laughs> and I, yeah, I said, hey, this is the price I'm paying. Yeah. And if I listened, 99.9% of people, I'd be like 99.9% of the people. But I want to be the point one. Dude, I had a conversation. That's a huge point. I had a conversation the other day. Um, and it's like, dude, why don't you go have some fun? Why don't you go hang out with some friends or just go do something? Um, but I feel like I connect on the same level as far as like, dude, I, I only want this. It's just the, I want my dream life. I don't care about anything else. But, uh, do you, I, I was reading this. I, I think it was actually Devin who told me this, but Ed Milet, he talks about sometimes when you have, let's say you have a pie and you take a piece, you take a piece of pie out, or let's say you have to put more time towards this piece of pie. You think a lot of times it's going to affect the other slices. Um, like for example, when you're talking about like standards as a leader for this next summer, like you got to hit 150 K yeah. revenue yeah. and a lot of people think, Oh, it's going to take away from this side. Sure. What, what are your thoughts on that? Like, as far as like, will it only elevate you or will it take away from things? It will only elevate you cause you can do both. Yeah. And anyone who says they can't do both is making excuses. <laughs> Back to your point. I want to break this down because the thing that I love most about you I tell you this all the time, especially when we play basketball, is nobody has the desire Jacob Cole has. You desire to win. Mm -hmm. And that translates in every other facet of your life. You're a competitor, and you have the mentality. And people are telling you, hey, you know, relax, have fun, let loose. That's important. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, to go hit an an extreme goal, you have to be an extremist. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're trying to go do some incredible things and some extreme things. And you're thinking big. And I don't think that you'll regret paying the price when you get the reward. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the people that don't ever get the reward will regret paying the price. And so I commend you for that. And I think your actions reflect your desires. A lot of people tell me they desire something. But I don't need a I don't need to look at anything else besides their actions because it'll tell me everything I need to know if it's actually a desire. Mm-hmm. Very true. And then as far as like, how big has self belief been, like in the process of becoming a millionaire or yeah. where you're at today? Yeah, yeah. Because like uh, a lot of times you're gonna get doubts from your friends, your family on everything you're doing. How do you overcome that and just self belief? Self belief is everything. I once again I go back to Napoleon Hill when I was 20 years old. I read this book, Think and Grow Rich, and it just altered my life. Mm-hmm. And when I was on my mission, I recognized the importance of faith. And there's a quote by by an, a prophet in my church that says, 
faith is a mental exercise. <laughs> Excuse me. And that quote to me means everything starts in the mind because faith is everything. Faith is belief. Faith is action. And if it's belief and action, it originates in a thought. And so who we are, what we believe, what we do all begins in our thoughts and our self-belief begins in our thoughts. And so you can actually see how someone acts or how they talk about themselves or how they talk in general. You can actually see how they're thinking. And so self-belief has been everything on that road to accomplishment. But more importantly, the thing that's fueled that self-belief was thoughts mm -hmm. and generating and just drenching myself in positive affirmations and drenching myself in the thought of accomplishing and visualizing that, that thing or that desire to actually be realized. And if you can control your thoughts, if you can drench your thoughts in positivity, if you can drench your thoughts in affirmations and drench your thoughts in, in creating more and more belief in yourself and in the outcomes you're trying to create, your beliefs will then align and we do what we believe. And so then our actions will then align. And if our actions align with our belief and thoughts, the positive, the belief behind the result, then the result typically pans out. And so it's been everything. That's awesome. I think I was actually listening to this Andrew, you know, Andrew Tate. Of course. <laughs> okay. Top G. Yeah. I was listening to Andrew Tate, but he talks about self hypnosis where you have to just mm. repeatedly say things about yourself that you want to become. It's real. And, uh, no, it's cool to hear. It's real. How about for you? Yeah. I, I feel like I deal with it a lot where it's like, I have these doubts inside my head. Oh, I'm going for something big. A lot of people haven't done this before. Um, I just want to be different everything like this. Like why don't you just, become comfortable with everyone else when I just fit in and I do get those thoughts a ton but I, I would agree I think just I think David Goggins talks about it a lot where you have this cookie jar of just all the things you've accomplished and you pull yeah. out different results yeah. you have it's like dude I've done this no I've done this I've done this I've done this I can do all this like there's nothing I can't do and then also just having mentors around me who have the same thoughts um, and the same affirmations as me has helped Dude, that's beautiful. What's cool about the cookie jar is you've now gotten to a point where you've now experienced results. And we talked about this yesterday, but what's the greatest feedback in the world? It's our results. Mm -hmm. And so now you're, you're getting this cookie jar more and more full of your results. And those results can continue to fuel your self-belief because, dude, you had self-belief before you ever had results. Mm -hmm. And so if you can do that, and now you have results to back it. You have no excuse to continue to just go big and, and hit even bigger goals. Yeah. And I know you like to bet on yourself. You made a hundred K bet with uh, <laughs> another buddy of yours. Uh, what's the story behind that? <laughs> I did make a hundred thousand dollar bet. It was uh 2021. I just gone back from my first summer and naturally in the door to door world, Everyone's always trying to recruit everyone from other companies. And there was a guy in town from where I'm from who's just an icon, a legend in the door-to-door -door space. Okay. And I was reached out to and asked to meet with him. 
and because I always love to network and I, and I always want to rub shoulders with people that are doing incredible things, I said, of course. And I went to meet with this guy and I was explaining my goals to him. He was pitching me on his opportunity. And I told him that I wanted to make half a million dollars my second summer selling pest control. And he laughed. <laughs> and he said, there's no way in the world that you'll do that. And he said, I'll, I'll even, I'll even bet you on it. And I'm like, deal. And this guy, by the way, he's worth hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. And so I'm like, of course, deal, let's go. He's like, I bet that you don't make over $200,000 this summer. And I said, you got a deal. He's like, we'll put $10,000 on it. I'm like, no way. $10,000 is nothing. <laughs> let's up the ante. He's like, all right, we'll do a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, cool. So if I make more than $200,000, you owe me a hundred K. And if I make less than $200,000, I owe you a hundred K. And he said, yep. So we shook hands, got it on video. And I went out that summer and made $400,000. Okay. Just shy of my goal. And, uh, yeah, man, I ended up winning the bet and, uh, he paid up and it was a good, it was a good lesson to myself of be the guy that's willing to bet on himself. Mm -hmm. be the guy that's willing to take a risk and, and, uh, you know, call your shot. Cool. That's awesome. Um, going back to like, as far as like your faith and your belief, like betting on yourself a hundred grand, um, takes, takes some power, but is it just you who's doing this or do you have like, are you just a self-made man? Like you, you got all this, you're born with all these skills. I, yeah, that's, that's a generous compliment. I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm yeah. truthfully nothing without God. And none of my accomplishments would have happened if it weren't for him. And I appreciate the question because it's the center of everything for me. It's my foundation. It's my base. Jesus Christ and God have allowed me to experience life in an incredible way. I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm more fulfilled than I've ever been. And I've been able to hit some incredible milestones and landmarks. And none of it would be real. And none of it would have happened if I, if I wasn't a partner with them. Mm -hmm. And so I think the greatest thing I've ever done is I've, I've made him a partner in everything I've done. A man once told me, he said, if you can approach an opportunity with the thought, how can I use this to benefit God's children? God will always help you be successful in that opportunity. And so I've tried to take that, that advice and follow it. And it served me well. And God's been the greatest partner that I could ever have. And I owe everything to him and I take zero credit without him. Hmm. What's like the, like, as far as like me growing up, I grew up going to church and then uh, in high school, I stopped going. But now I've been getting back into it. And Good. I've seen seen results with everything in, in my life. I think as far as like uh, giving, I think we, we were in Las Vegas a couple of weeks and we were talking about tithing. Yeah. And uh, I was like, dude, I just want to try this out and see what happens. And so I went and give, gave last week. Um, and I just saw instant results in everything. Um, in work. Interesting. In uh, family and I think it was probably my best week it's last amazing. week. And I feel like everything just kind of fell together from just giving. Um, 
but I guess my my question for you is like, what stories do you have that's where it's like, dude, there's no way it was just me, or like anything crazy like that. I pre I appreciate that. That's that's uh something I I hope I can think about more often. I think a couple things come to mind. So when you always go back to the beginning, dude. I'm serious. When I was 20 years old, a couple hundred bucks in the bank account, living month to month, like scrambling, dude. Sometimes my debit card would come back and I'd get an email and it's like, yo, you're, you're 60 bucks below zero. And I'd got to go to the bank, have them try to waive the overdraft fee of 10 bucks or whatever. And just scraping, dude. And I was fortunate enough at one point to find an opportunity to go out and do, do door to door sales. And I knew that if I could get the opportunity and, and be involved in it, that could be the thing that propels me forward. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just the correct vehicle for what I was trying to do. And I remember being prayerful about taking that jump and I wasn't going to do it if I wasn't going to try to do it big mm -hmm. and I wanted to be the best and I wanted to, you know, set records and I wanted to make great money. And I remember that entire summer, every morning I would spend, I would prioritize on my way out to area. I would spend time with him. So whether it was prayer or whether it was listen to the scriptures or whether it was listen to a talk from uh, one of his leaders, I would do that every morning. I did that consistently for the entire summer. And I believe that set the tone for my entire day. And that just small time and that small action of prioritizing him, I believe helped me go out and sell at a really high level. And I was fortunate to be one of the top rookies in the company that year. And once again, I just trace it back to I was I was blessed to have his companionship and I was blessed with great results because I believe I made it a priority to involve him in the opportunity and invest time into him. And I believe when you put time into God, he puts time into you. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we expect God to be there for us and we don't give him anything in return. Mm hmm. And if you take a normal human, that, that formula doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. If I don't invest time into you, I cannot expect you to invest time into me. Mm -hmm. If I don't give to you, I can't expect you to give to me. And so that relationship with God and just understanding the foundation and what it takes to have a mutually beneficial relationship with God has been monumental in, in every step of the way. And that's one experience that I can pinpoint that's that's been a big blessing. Huh. I feel the same way like this last summer, pretty much every single day and every single door. I was I feel like I was more close to God this last summer cool. than I was ever before in my life. Is it cuz you're relying on him like, "Hey, I I don't know if I can do this without you?" I don't know if it, I don't think so. I I feel like I could do it, but I knew that I would impact and serve more people if i had them with me beautiful on a positive level it's beautiful i feel like i think it just leveled me up more That's as a person gorgeous. but yeah 
Uh, my question for you though, I guess like giving wise, you see so many people take nowadays. Yeah. Take, 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 and expect everything entitled, everything like that. Uh, victim, oh, everyone else's fault. What? How did you get out of that mindset, or did you? Were you ever in that mindset at all? Yeah, couple questions there. So naturally, we're all victims. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you, feels, me, yeah. everyone. It feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. We all want the attention. Yeah. We all want pity. Mm-hmm. We all want to be owed things. Mm-hmm. It's just natural. It's the natural man. And so I think I still have victimhood within me. Mm-hmm. My goal is to become victimless, mm-hmm. less of a victim. And it's actually a daily pursuit for me. And you wrote a book about it. I'm currently in the process of writing a book. It's called Becoming Victimless. I'm passionate about this topic because I just see it, especially in the millennial Gen Z generation. It's We're just drenched in it. Mm-hmm. You go on social media, you just see it. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Majority of posts just are dripping with victimhood. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. People feel owed things. People feel like they need attention. People feel like they need someone to, they're always looking to get offended. Mm-hmm. This whole world we live in, the United States, like racism, politics, all these things are just centered around people are looking for ways to be offended. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's an affirmation. I say, I'm, I'm unoffendable. And these are just some, these are just recognizing those things of what victimhood is, has been super beneficial for me because the process truly is understanding what it is, recognizing them, and then working to become victimless, mm-hmm. stripping yourself of entitlement stripping yourself from being willing to be offended understanding that you know you gotta stop feeling sorry for yourself you gotta stop making excuses you gotta stop justifying and once i began to do that man every facet of my life has taken off that's cool um no exactly like in my life as far as the results i've gotten has been from not making excuses on everything and uh like even during the summertime knocking doors, like yeah. there'd be days where I had a heat stroke or days where it's just like, I could not even talk to people. But it's like, no excuse. You just got to keep going. Tell me more about that. How, how did that pan and how did that play out to your success? Yeah. I think it just became a mindset where it's like no excuse at all. I'm going to do everything. And it just translated to everything else in life. As far as like real estate, as far as content, um, recruiting, helping people. Like there's never an excuse. And I feel like it also rubbed off on the guys that I help. It's like they see me do this, then there's no excuse for them. I see. I think a lot of times, though, you have leaders who lead you, who they make all the excuses. And uh, that's one of my goals is never to never come off that way to where it's like I will never make an excuse. I will try it to the best of my ability. I'm going to accomplish it. And I've seen that in you and you, you live that, bro. Yeah. And kudos to you, dude. It's a, it's a reflection on your results. Yeah. It's feedback that it works. Yeah. I guess my next question for you, um, you've, I guess like, what is like action steps people can actually take? Like, what would you do if you're back in 20 years old again and from, you're going from 20 to 24 again, 
what did your routine actually look like and what things can be applicable to each and everyone's day that would actually benefit them from becoming financially free, um, great family life, spiritually, everything? obviously my answer is going to be based on what worked for me. Mm -hmm. So it might be different for if you're asking other people that, but my, uh, my short time of success, and there's a lot left to do, man, uh, comes down to three things and it comes down to number one, which we've talked a lot about is making God your partner and creating an incredible relationship with him. Number two, it, it has been, about surrounding myself and being connected to incredible people. There's the quote that's super cliche, you are the sum of the five people you hang out with. And you can actually go deeper into that quote where you're the sum of the five people you hang out with's net worth. You're the character, or you're the sum of the five people you hang out with's character. Mm -hmm. And you go on and on and on and it's true. And so since I've been pursuing this route, I've been very intentional about who I spend time with, about being proactive and creating incredible relationships and trying to get in front of people that are impressive. Mm -hmm. And along with that, my third thing has been continually pursuing being attractive. Mm -hmm. And this is a concept I love. And it's, it's benefited me and served me really well, but I've always worked to be attractive. You're a good looking guy. And I appreciate that. <laughs> and, it, and most people think, oh, the word means like, oh, you're cute or hot or handsome. It's like, that's 1% of it. What I mean mm -hmm. by being attractive is how can I be attractive in every aspect of my life? Financially, how, what can I do with my money that's attractive to others? Is it investing in real estate? What can I do in my own personal development that can be attractive to others? How do I look? How do I dress? What do I drive? Mm -hmm. How can that be more attractive to others? How do I treat my wife? How do I treat my kid? What kind of home do people come into when they come to my house? How do they feel? How does it look? And we can go through every facet of our life and check ourselves and say, is this attractive? Am I attractive in this area? If not, how can I become more attractive? And that's been the biggest blessing for myself is the pursuit of being attractive through learning, through development, through habits, through routine, and through when I connect with people, I want to make sure when I have a 15 second or 30 second interaction that in that small amount of time, someone can leave impacted and say that guy is impressive mm -hmm. and I and I it's a continual process that's awesome so you what uh what age did you get your first property at investment property yeah 22 years old 22 yeah if uh let's say I'm 22 how am I getting my first property within the next five months yeah it's do I need money or it's it's so much easier than people think yeah. And I didn't know this when I was 22, but as I've been able to get more into the game, I've recognized it. But real estate is incredible because there's a solution to everything. If you don't have money, but you have a deal, you can find a partner that has money and get into your first deal with no cash. Mm -hmm. 
if you don't have credit, you can go do a seller finance deal and buy a property from an owner and make them the bank and have, and you can bypass all the bank. Mm -hmm. If interest rates are too high or if purchase prices are too high, you can get creative in the negotiation to create a deal that still cash flows, whether that's by negotiation, whether that's by having them pay certain things, whether that's by adding an extra bedroom or adding a studio by getting creative, you can make deals work in this market. And so if you are looking to get a deal and you're trying to go about it the traditional way in this market, you will probably not get a deal. Uh -huh. But if you can get creative and you can use and apply leverage, you can get a deal in the next five months. And leverage is capital, resources, technology, processes, systems, and people. Huh. Now I feel like we know everything. I not not like we know everything, but like I feel like we know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we know what to do though. Like okay. like a lot of times I know what to do. You do. I you know what to do. Like you know how to like, scale from one million to ten million. Truthfully, you you know like deep down there's somewhere you know what to do. But like, what is it actually like? Like, how do you actually just start taking action on it? Like, I feel like that's the part that people miss. They know everything, what to do. They know how to yeah. become successful. They yeah. know all the habits. But how do you actually take action on so it? So many people get paralyzed with information. Yeah. I know so many people that have all the info. They just lack the action. Yeah. And I actually know people that don't have any info and they're just acting. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Probably not the most <laughs> intelligent way to do it, but I prefer that versus the paralyzed version. Yeah. When the why is strong enough, you always find the how. And so I believe action or the lack of action is a reflection on their lack of clarity on what they want mm -hmm. and what lifestyle they want to live. What are their dreams? What are their goals? What do they want to accomplish? And they actually believe in those because when you get real clear on what you're trying to create and you believe it and you want it and your why is deep enough, the action doesn't even seem like a risk. Mm -hmm. If I want to go make $20,000 a month in passive income and I know that real estate's the play to do that and that's super clear for me that $20,000 is the goal and the next deal comes up, I'm not hesitating. Yeah. Because I know I know what it's going to I know how it's going to get me closer to that that goal and I know what that 20,000 can do to my lifestyle. Yeah. Cool. Not even from like the back or anything, yeah, right? 240 like 250 whatever pounds i'm good <laughs> i'm serious that's cool um okay so yeah 100 grand four months 18 19 20 years old how are you doing it once again i'm obviously biased okay because uh, i've experienced that and so i'm gonna naturally go with what worked for me mm -hmm. i've started a lot of different companies done a lot of different investments tried chasing the shiny objects trying to the get rich quick things did it work never <laughs> none of it works but uh you know some of those companies made good money some didn't but i've never found something that can make you the money and the monetary gain in four months like door-to-door -door sales can truthfully i've mm -hmm. searched and if you want to go make $100,000 in four months, you absolutely can. And I didn't believe that until I, until I experienced it. And if you desire it, you can have it.
there's no other opportunity out there that you can make that kind of money in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. As far as like sales goes, I feel like it's a trashed on industry. I was like, dude, these guys are schemy people, sure, bro. Sure. What a like, what do you have to say towards that? As far as the industry as a whole, um, yeah. How like, what are your thoughts on sales? Yeah, it doesn't bother me too much. I think it motivates me to make sure that I go against the grain as far as that comment goes. I want to be the opposite of that. Yeah. I want people to be like, yeah, he's a sales guy, but I don't even feel like he's a sales guy. Yeah. And I actually try to take that a- approach in recruiting. Like, yeah. I don't feel like a lot of people when they're recruiting, they're always worried about being that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's just always trying to recruit me. And I felt as if my approach has just always been genuine, just truly believing in the opportunity that I have, but also wanting to do good and help others. And so my approach has always been genuine in that aspect. And so therefore I, I, I work to not be a salesman. Mm-hmm. I work to not be the recruiter. Mm-hmm. I just work to be a businessman that people want to do business with mm-hmm. and, and sell with and experience life with. That's cool. Huh? Okay. And as far as like a lot of times parents as well, it's like, yeah, don't go do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Your family will tell you on everything. Don't yeah. do it. How have you overcome that Yeah. with your businesses as well as everything you've done here? Like, did your parents always support you doing this? Dude, my parents are world-class. Mm-hmm. There's no one as good as them. And they've been supportive to their absolute best. Mm-hmm. There's been multiple times where they don't necessarily agree with my path or what I'm trying to go out and do. And I think a lot of that's just rooted in them wanting the best for me. Mm-hmm. And naturally, when people go out and take risks, people that love them are going to be worried about it and advise them not to. Mm-hmm. And so if that's your parents, if that's your friends, if that's who they are, truly it's it's rooted in love. But listening to that advice is never going to go get you anywhere (laughs) and in order to play big you got to take risks yeah and in order to go from where you're currently at to where you want to be you got to do something different and so my parents for example when i was 21 i'd always been a not a school guy Mm -hmm. not a big fan of school never excelled at it and never saw a lot of value in it but i was doing it for them And after my first summer, I decided to drop out, dropped out of college. And there was a continuous battle of them trying to persuade me to go back or selling me on the value of it. And I never ended up going back. Mm -hmm. And I think four years later, after they've seen my path, I think they can agree that it worked out and it was a better choice, my route than their route. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know what we don't know. And people that love you are always going to advise against risk, but risk is so necessary in order to go where you want to go. I got two questions for you. As far as, uh, two answers, as far as who has been the most impactful people in your life? Top three people living or dead. We can go both. Okay. Some of my greatest mentors I've ever had. I've never met. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people think, oh, you know, I got to find mentors. Dude, mentors are all around us, bro. Go put your nose in a book. Could be the best mentor you've ever had. Mm-hmm. 
So for me, the greatest mentor, the people I've learned most from is Jesus Christ, Napoleon Hill, and my dad. And those are my three mentors. Two are dead. One is alive. And I've learned the most and I've tried to emulate them the most. And I've been nothing but, I've just got nothing but incredible returns on their their advice and the time I've spent learning from them. What's the biggest thing you've learned from your dad? My dad's incredible. I think the first thing that comes to mind is he is full of integrity. And integrity runs deep because a lot of trust is built from integrity. Mm -hmm. He always has a win-win mindset. And second to that is integrity also correlates with your goals. And integrity to me is when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Mm -hmm. And so anytime I hear my dad say he's going to do something, I already know it's done. And because of his integrity, I then can rely on him. And because of his integrity with himself, when he tells himself he's going to do something, he does it. And that's why he's been able to have exceptional results in his life. And so that's an attribute I want to emulate. I've not been perfect at Mm-hmm. But I think it's an important attribute because trust and reliability is dependent upon your integrity, but also your goals and the things you're trying to go hit also comes down to your integrity. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned from him through example. Hmm. That's powerful. He's amazing. That's cool. We'll have to get him on the podcast. We should. We should. Um, second question for you. Actually, I might have forgot it. Yeah, I forgot it. Anyways, so we'll go into another one. Um, as far as your goals and your accomplishments, where are you going from here? Ten years down where ten years down the road, where's Blake Erickson at? Yeah, I wanna keep playing bigger. I wanna keep learning. I think sometimes you get opportunities and, and your learning gets capped and so I love people. Mm-hmm. And I think where I see myself going is I wanna get into a spot where I can impact, lead, and inspire. And I wanna do that through speaking. I'm writing a book, so I want to do that through some some content I'm putting out, um, courses, products, whatever that might be, uh, dive into consulting a little bit. And so anything in the entrepreneurial slash investment spectrum is where I see myself from a career standpoint. Cool. Now that I've had a kid who I just love a ton and I have this amazing wife that's shifted my desires quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And... I desire to get to a place where I don't need to do anything. I don't have to do anything, but I get to do everything. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to the day where I have 100% control over how my time is spent and I can allocate as much time to my family, my church, and my community as possible. And then everything after that's just a blast. If it's investing, if it's starting a company, if it's helping a company grow, it might not be 80, 90 hours a week like it is now. It might be more 30, 40 hours a week. But that's where I see myself heading, and, and that's where I feel like I'd, I'd operate best Cool. and be most fulfilled. That's awesome. Cool. Well, dude, I'll kind of wrap this up. But the last things I got for you, um, what is the most impactful quote that you got that's shaped your whole life and what you live and die by? Every day is an audition. And I remember I heard this when I was 15 years old at a football camp. And I remember when I was playing football, I was 5'9", white, slow 40. 
and uh, couldn't jump. And I was in a position that all those things were necessary. Yeah. But the tenacity and approach that I took when playing football was I just tried to leverage my strengths and I tried to have the best hands possible, the best routes possible. I tried to be the best blocking receiver possible. And I just tried to be the surest and most reliable receiver out there. So anytime I had the opportunity to go out and show that, I treated it as, as an audition, as a tryout. And as that's translated in life, like this is a tryout. This is an audition for me. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity to audition and to play full out. Uh, once I leave, I have meetings here. And I got to go in each one of those meetings and play full out. It's an audition. Mm-hmm. People are watching. My reputation's on the line. And people's lives and their futures are on the line according to how I perform and how I play. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that every day is an audition, I would even go deeper to every moment and interactions and audition has shaped a lot of the way that I act and try to try to bring myself to the table. Cool. When is it not an audition or is it always? It's always an audition. That's awesome. And then what are your top three books you got? Top three books. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. I named my son after him. He is the man. That's awesome. Cool, well, dude. Other than that, Blake, I appreciate you a ton. Love you, brother. Learned so a ton. proud of you. You're so, amazing. Uh, thank you. We'll see where this goes. Okay, I look forward to it. Cool. The Jacob Cole Show. You guys will love this one. Appreciate you, brother. Cool. Thank you, Blake. Thanks.